This particular part of London had an unusually high concentration of surveillance cameras. The Hampshire Hotel was situated on Leicester Square, just a short hop from a cluster of government buildings with serious security needs. They included the National Gallery, the Ministry of Defence, Parliament, and Westminster Abbey. He reasoned the Turk had picked this hotel for that very reason. The area was saturated with police and other security types. The assassin, however, was not deterred for even a second. The men and women charged with securing these sites were worried about terrorists, not businessmen. All he had to do was look the part, don the urban camouflage, and he could come and go unnoticed. His partner didn't quite see things his way. She wanted to turn down the job, but he had been insistent. Virtually every city of note in the world was adding security cameras by the droves. To survive in the industry, they had to adapt. She preferred retirement to adaptation, but they were too young for that. Harry was thirty-two, and Amanda was just thirty. Amanda was not her real name, but for the sake of operational security, it was the only name he'd used for the last week. The key to longevity in their line of work was the details— Little things like high-quality forgeries, dummy credit card accounts, and the discipline to stay in character whether you were alone or not. At the current pace of business, it would take another five years before they reached the financial level he deemed appropriate for retirement. They already had several million, but he was not interested in merely getting by. He got into this line of work because he was drawn to it, because he could be his own boss, and because, if he played it smart, he would make a lot of money. He had the talent, but talent alone was never enough. When the stakes were this high, skill had to be accompanied by an ardent drive, a need for perfection. He was not only drawn to this work, he enjoyed it. Yes, he enjoyed it, and he had never admitted that to anyone, not even her. When talk turned to getting out of the business, he always stressed that they needed to make more money first, but he knew a big part of it was that he wasn't willing to let go. His greatest fear was not of getting caught. He was too confident in his talents for that. His greatest fear was of losing her because he wouldn't be able to walk away. Like a gambler drawn to the craps table, he had become a slave to the thrill of the hunt. Excluding the current job, there was normally an exhilaration to stalking a man that was unmatched. The sheer level of training and expertise it took to even enter the arena at this level was mind-boggling. He was an expert marksman with both the short and long barrel. He knew exactly where to stick the blade of a knife to obtain the desired result, which was usually death, but occasionally his contract called for maiming the person and nothing more. He knew how to use his fists, elbows, knees, feet, and even forehead to incapacitate or kill. He could fly both fixed-wing and rotary aircraft, and he was a predatory genius when it came to surveillance and counter-surveillance. Now, here he was, standing across the square from the Hampshire Hotel, bored out of his mind. A $200,000 contract was on the table that he was an hour or less from fulfilling, and he was yawning. He looked at the front entrance of the opulent hotel, stifled yet another yawn, and said, Come on, fucker, let's get this over with. He spoke with a British accent, even though he wasn't a subject. The fucker he was referring to traveled extensively, and he appeared to have no problem spending money. He did, however, 
have a problem paying his bills, which the assassin reasoned was why a price had been placed on his head. For a man who had pissed off the wrong people, he was acting unusually calm, especially when the people he had offended were Russian mafiosi. The assassin had been working on his Russian over the last several years and found the language by far the most difficult of the five he spoke fluently. He did not prefer to operate in the former Soviet Union, but the old communist country and its satellites were the largest growth market in his line of work. They were ruthless bastards willing to kill anyone who screwed them on a deal, no matter how illegal or legitimate it may have been. They wanted a guaranteed return on their investments. And when a deal didn't perform, the paranoid thugs immediately jumped to the conclusion that they'd been double-crossed. He guessed that was what had happened with the Turk.